I am excited. This is going to be a very different kind of service. Um, so Kevin Bells, one of our elders, had uh, a great idea. As we were talking about doing uh, baptism this week, he was like, hey, you know what? Why don't we do communion on the same week and just have a big like, moment of pointing towards Christ? And I was like, that is the greatest idea ever. I'm so excited for us to have this opportunity to do this. And so we're going to be, we're just uh, doing a different kind of schedule today to make sure we get all of this and uh, um, to, to, to do this in the proper way. Uh, I do have one announcement real quickly just before we get going. This uh, reminder that the students, uh, middle school, high school students have a fall retreat November 11th through the 12th. Very excited for this. It's going to be really good. Um, Make sure you sign up by this Wednesday. You can get one of these forms or you can ask Dave if you have any questions. He will answer them for you. Um, All middle school, high school students, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And if you're a parent that's anything like us, your form is filled out and sitting on your counter at home. And (laughs) I'm sure it'll it'll be turned in at some point. So uh, make sure you get that. Um, I want to walk through uh, a couple things for uh, today. We're going to be reading a lot of scripture. But before we get into that, have you ever noticed that the hardest uh, time remembering, uh, we have the hardest time remembering things that we should remember, and we can never forget the things we wish uh, had never happened. Anybody else have that? Like you can't remember things to save your life that you really like need to remember, but then the stuff that you really wish you could delete is just never gone. Anybody have that problem or am I just, okay, good. You're crazy like me. Uh, I have, I don't think I have ever left the grocery store with everything I needed. Anybody else have that problem? Every time there's something and usually it's essential to whatever it is that you're wanting to make. And you're like, that thing, how to forget that? But then uh, the thing I can't forget, I was trying, I I have a lot of these stories, but this is one I thought of recently. Uh, (laughs) Ashton and I, I I think we were dating at the time and uh, we're at my parents' house and we were coming uh, down the stairs and she was in front of me and I thought I'd show off and do something cool. I put my hands on the sides of like the the rail on the wall and I was picking my feet up and uh, like I was, you know, holding my body weight and all this stuff. I thought it was cool. Well, I started falling and I literally fell down the stairs and had to push her against the wall out of the way as I make this like brutal landing at the bottom of 14 steps. Sprained my ankle. I almost killed Ashley. It was bad. And I'm sitting there thinking, I was showing off. Like, I thought I was looking cool. And then that's the end result is me sprawled out with a sprained ankle. I thought I broke it. Uh, she thankfully wasn't hurt and was laughing. But uh, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And I can't forget that. I, in fact, every time I got, I'm at my parents' house, I'm going down the stairs. If she's in front of me, I'm like, you know, almost like we both almost died one time here. This was great. Um, we have such a hard time forgetting things we should forget and such a hard time remembering things we should remember. Communion is designed to help us remember something that we are all very forgetful of. The common ground that we share at the foot of the cross. The beautiful reminder that no one is or ever has been worse than we were, right? It's the reminder that we were broken, lost, dirty sinners on equal ground with everyone, separated from God and in need of a savior. But it's also a reminder that now that we are victorious conquerors, sons and daughters of the father in heaven by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This beautiful reminder that we have brought nothing to the table. He brought everything. And then he saves us and doesn't just say, okay, now you're saved, you're forgiven, go off and you know, kind of do your thing. No, 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 now you're mine. You're a citizen of my father's kingdom 
And more than that, you're going to be adopted into his family as a son and a daughter. That is our new identity in Christ. Communion reminds us of what brings us there. So I want to read a little bit. Let's read about the Last Supper. In uh, Luke 22, 14 through 20, we read, And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they'd eaten saying, this is the cup that is poured out for you. It is the new covenant in my blood. This is one of Jesus' last moments with his disciples. And I'm sure they were extremely confused. Now, we read this and think it's not confusing at all, but you have to put yourselves in their shoes. That's, I think, an important part of studying the Bible is is put yourself in here. Think the way that they're thinking. See this in in terms of how they're going through this. Imagine walking away from everything you knew to follow Jesus, to follow this guy, leaving like, I mean, everything you've built up, all the plans you had are suddenly gone because you're saying, I have to follow him. So you've left all of this and you think because you believe he's the Messiah, I'm going to follow him and he's going to make a new kingdom. So even if money gets tight during this time, it's okay. There's going to be a new kingdom and I'm going to be a big wig in it, right? I'm following Jesus now. So of course I'm going to be taken care of. He's going to have this new kingdom. We're going to, Israel's going to take over. We're going to defeat the Romans. He's eventually going to show us how good of a fighter he is. This is going to be great. And then he starts talking about, he sits down at this Passover feast and says, hey, I want you to remember me when I'm gone. And I'm sure they're thinking, whoa, whoa, Jesus, what, what do you mean when you're gone? You're the Messiah who's come to set up the kingdom and be our king forever. You can't be gone because you have to do this. I think the other thing that we fail to do is we don't fast forward in our Bibles to see what this is referring to when he says, this is my body broken for you and this is my blood shed for you. So let's read this a little bit. I'm gonna read starting in Matthew 27, verse 11. Now Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, you have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave them no answer, not even to a single charge, so so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas? or Jesus who is called Christ. For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him. Besides, while, he's sitting on the, uh, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him saying, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to d- destroy Jesus. The governor said to them, 
which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? And they all said, let him be crucified. He said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. If only they knew what they were asking for. Amen. Then he released for them Barabbas and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into their governor's headquarters and they gathered a whole battalion before him. They stripped him, put on a scarlet robe on him and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand and kneeling before him, they mocked him saying, hail king of the Jews. They spit on him. They took the reed and they struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. One thing I want to say is when it says they scourged him, this is a Roman judicial uh, penalty consisting of a severe beating with a multi-lashed whip containing embedded pieces of bone and metal. When they whipped him with this and then put a new robe on him and they ripped that off, it was tearing these wounds over and over again. They mocked him. Jesus Christ, son of God, come in flesh, our savior. They were mocking him, spitting on him, beating him. This is what he is saying when he says, this is my body broken for you. He also said, this is my blood shed. Let's start reading in verse 32. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right, one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him saying, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. 
That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing this said, this man is calling out to Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. Let's read a little bit from John's account. Chapter 19, verse 31 since it was the day of preparation so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear And at once there came out blood and water. Again, while Jesus is on the cross, our Savior, people are walking by, mocking him. You save others, save yourself. You say God loves you. Where's God now? They had no idea he was choosing to remain on the cross. Enduring the agony of this physical pain, enduring the agony of taking on the sin of the world, enduring his father's wrath against sin. He's crucified. He has his hands and nails pierced with nails, driven through him. Soldiers stabbed him in his side to let the to prove that he had died by suffocating with his lungs filling with blood and water. This is what he's saying when he said, the cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. How many times do we read about communion and say, this is my body broken, this is my blood shed, and not think a thing about what he meant. He endured his body being broken. He endured death bleeding out to save you. This is what we're doing when we take communion together. I have one more passage I want to read before we sing another song. In 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 32, it says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died 
But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we might not be condemned along with the Lord. Before we should ever, ever consider participating in communion, in this holy and sacred act, we should prayerfully judge ourselves. We must look into our minds, our hearts, our actions, and search out unconfessed and unrepentant sin. And then we have to take those things that we find to Christ, our advocate in heaven, confessing them and asking forgiveness. This is not something to do flippantly, to just say, I'm just eating a cracker and drinking some juice. We are doing this in remembrance of the greatest sacrifice in all of history, the greatest act of all time. This isn't something that we come to joking about. We come to this remembering the Jesus Christ that was broken for us, that shed his blood for us. He did this for all of humanity. Acts 3.19 says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. You see, his body became the book of your sins. How long was that book? Just mine? Infinite number of pages. He, he took sins on himself, then blotted out. His blood covered the list of my sins. I want you guys, I'm just going to ask you to do something. We're going to sing another song. I want you to take some time during this next song to search your heart, search your mind, search your actions, and to confess and repent that as we come forward to take communion together, we're not doing this flippantly. We're doing this remembering that this is a holy and sacred thing. Put yourself in a posture of prayer. If you want to get on your knees and pray before God, do that. As you finish praying, sing and worship to the Christ who is willing to have his body broken and his blood shed for you. And then shortly after that, Kenneth is going to lead us in communion. I want to pray before we do that together. Lord, I pray that you would guide us to you. Lord, as we're about to take part in communion, that we would be reminded that it is at the foot of your cross where your body was broken, where your blood was shed, that we find perfect unity and we find a church built on broken people that are made whole by you. People whose sins are written on your body, but whose blood covered every single one. Remind us of what is important. Remind us of what is worth standing on strip us of all else. In your name I pray. Amen.